You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grampier, and today's episode is with Brahana. If there's anything this musician wants to do, it's to introduce you to a whole new world. That world is called Han, and it's also the title of his next album, out on October 18th. How would I describe Han? Well, think of the stark blue gradient of the sky, the way that anything feels possible when you view the increasing light, the higher that your eye goes. That's the feeling you get when you listen to this album. Brahana is a musician who doesn't know what it means to compromise, which played into a big factor in me wanting to talk to him for this episode. Originally hailing from Atlanta, Georgia, he was studying screenwriting at the New School here in New York when he began to realize that music was his calling. But what's been amazing about his creative output is that when you watch his music videos, you can see the influence and love of film everywhere. We go into that within this talk and so much more. And trust me when I say, you're going to love this guy. This is the 405 Exchange with Farhana. Enjoy. So, like, reading up on you, I, it gave me, like, a bit of a sense of how I wanted to start a talk like this. So, tell me, when you're here in New York, what's the first film that immediately comes to your mind? Uh, the first film that comes to my mind? Probably Taxi, Taxi Driver. Oh, that's one of my all-time favorite films. Yeah, that's, yeah. And it, like, looks really great in, like, New York looks really great in that movie, because it's, the streets are all, like, wet, and, like colors are like really saturated yeah and you can see like yeah it's just really nice to look at yeah the city in itself is like a character in that film totally totally yeah yeah it's kind of funny like right after i asked you that i kind of asked myself that internally and it yeah. hit me like the first film it's probably escape from new york and i was like that's really meta so <laughs> so then i thought like home alone which i think is oh, well, yeah. as well but taxi driver is a classic yeah totally and it's like a cool like idea of this guy like feeling so alone in like the craziest city of yeah. in, in like the yeah being a taxi driver is like the best I guess way to showcase that right because it's you have to be alone yeah you have like a window job. in other people's lives yeah as well. exactly that you know what's really strikes me with that um with that answer is that you know that correlation we just made about taxi drivers that's essentially what you do as a musician in some ways where you're telling stories but you kind of have a window you're peering into other people's lives in a way. yeah totally definitely Sometimes it's my own life, I guess. Sometimes it's other people. Sometimes it's a combination of both. But yeah, yeah. I think that's spot on. So what's clear from listening to music is how much you care about the human element and the human experience. Um, I read how when you really care about someone, you find yourself getting into the music and the films and the art that's centered around that person. Like, can you talk a bit about that? Because I thought that was really interesting. Oh, uh, what, what was that? <laughs> what was that from? Wait, I'm trying. I to... think I think I read that like on your press release about like how you care very much about like finding out what other people are into when you get to know them oh yeah yeah no I think it's really cool I think what I was saying in that was like being able to relate to other characters or other like things you have nothing really in common with on the surface is always been like a really like powerful thing to me like there might be like might be a film from like Iran and yeah. like literally no- nothing how I grew up is anything like what happened in that film but 
there's something there that makes me feel like, ah, it makes me remember home. It makes me remember, like, my relationship with my family or whatever it might be. And I think that's, like, really powerful and something that can you can only really do with art, you know? Yeah, it really spoke to me when I read that because it made me think about... Like, something that's been on my mind, like, the last few months is how when you talk to people and you find yourself not being able to connect on a surface level, you could always kind of go into, like, different books and movies and TV shows and, like... I think one of the reasons why that's a through line is like in a lot of ways we're just an amalgamation of stuff that we like. Yeah, no, totally. Totally. Um, and that's cool. Being able to go to different parts of the world even and being like, oh, we have like so much in common even yeah. though nobody would be able to say that when we like or when you just look at us, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, something else that I loved from reading up on you from that lovely press release that was prepared is how you're a big fan of film and that's kind of like what centered, you know, the start of the talk. Um, can you talk to me about how that's influenced your music? Because I know people always talk about like the aspect of scores and like how things can sound very cinematic, but tell me how the feeling, you like to integrate the feeling of film into your music. Like, mm-hmm. What's that like for you? I, I just kind of like, I've always seen music in a visual sense. Like if I'm not thinking about visuals while I'm making it it's like immediately after if I like really like the song that's where my mind goes first it's like how I see it how I see like not even not necessarily just the lyrics but like also the sound like um is it like a lot of cut is it a lot at once is it really minimal like what you know that's where my mind just has always gone whenever I've listened to music that's not mine and whenever I've made music as well Really? Mm-hmm. So you must have hated as a kid seeing like music videos then, because by the time a music video came out, you probably already had an image of what you wanted. Yeah, to yeah, no, theater. true. Sometimes I would like, yeah, make treatments to songs that I did that didn't have videos even. Yeah. As like a kid, and that was like something I just, I always thought I was gonna like make them for like some sort of project, but it ended up just being a thing that I did. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine when it came to this becoming your career as a musician, and you know, obviously marrying that with film, I imagine for a lot of the people in your life, like your family or friends, there was like no surprise from them, right? Uh, yeah, I guess it wasn't, it wasn't the biggest surprise. Because <laughs> I like, I always liked doing music. Like when I was a kid, I always wrote and it was more, more so in the house or like with friends. Yeah. But they knew that that existed. And then I always talked about like, oh, I want to, I have to go to New York. I have to go to film school in New York because that's what my sister had done she's 12 years older than me and, oh, wow. and she's like a really big influence on my life so when she was 18 I was 6 so I was like coming to New York when I was like 6 years old and I kept oh. she didn't really move so I just kept coming back and I just wanted to do what she had done that's amazing I something that we've like um, tackled a lot on these talks is something I'm always like keen on exploring with people is like how the only thing that ever holds people back is not realizing the access to things, like realizing yeah. how practical they are. So totally. you've seen that with your sister, it's almost like a no-brainer. It's like, oh, this is like a real thing somebody could do. Totally. Yeah, and being like the youngest in the family, it's like, it's kind of nice because your, your siblings can like try out everything Yeah. on, you know, on your parents. And <laughs> my mom wouldn't let, like my, my sister going to NYU and studying film and like, she went to this high school called Pebble Brook High School, where she studied the arts. And my brother went to Pebble Brook too, and he studied dance. And I'm sure for like my mom, <laughs> that was like a lot. Then she was yeah. like, "Ah, oh, geez, like you want to dance? Like there's not that much money there. There's not." But she ended up just fully supporting whatever it was that they wanted to do. So when I came around, she was like, "Yeah, just do it. Do whatever you want." <laughs> That's beautiful, man. Yeah. 
I had a really beautiful experience uh, listening to your album Han today. Like I heard the songs prior, like uh, the singles, and I listened to the album in full today. And um, this is gonna be coming out in a few weeks, so it's always good to provide context. It's a Thursday here in New York, and I always like to tell people like what it's like being here on a Thursday, or like you know, like even end of tail end of a Wednesday is that like you've worked so hard in like the early days that your head is all over the place. It kind of feels like you're in clouds, but on the ground at the same time. And it's just like a weird haze. Mm. Listening to your album was really sick because it was like kind of that feeling of like taking off on a plane. And then like, you know, like the moment you've naturally been on a plane before because you've traveled. But it's like that bit when you're taking off and then the plane levels, you never feel that. Mm -hmm. And it always feels like you're kind of taking off. That's kind of what it felt like listening to your album. Oh, what? That's sick. Yeah. That's, That's a really good way to like, yeah. Thank you. Oh, like thanks. a Thursday. So made it. That's tight. <laughs> yeah. That's like the best, thir- yeah. yeah. Well, I would say it's a like good remedy for a Thursday. Yeah. A good remedy for a New York Thursday. Um, the first tune of yours I heard prior to the album was Health Food. Um, mm. I'm keen to hear about how this one came together, specifically like the musical arrangement. Because yeah. what I loved a lot about this song is that it didn't sound like an obvious song to make. Mm. It's This one's fun. Like, David, his name's, uh, producer name's Pomo, he did this whole project with me and that was the one song we had, we'd gone to this airbnb in pasadena to work and he was like yo basically last night i got super high and made this like kind of weird <laughs> thing and like yeah i want you to hear it like it's just like something i made i felt like super free and like just like peep it yeah. he's he showed it to me it was super super bare what it was but i was like oh this is really tight yeah. i really want to work on this song and he like got super excited and over the course of eight nine months we just kept adding different sounds to the song we'd go to like different studios with different instruments and we just kept adding we wouldn't take away anything just kept building until it became like a clusterfuck it was like (laughs) it was way too much going on but we knew that something was there so it's like okay tight this is there's something there now we just have to keep taking things away so we like kind of excavated the song from all that was there and then it kind of showed itself and we're like ah this is like crazy it almost felt like we didn't make it um because we for we forgot so many of the things that we had done so many things that we put in there um and yeah that's kind of how how it came about yeah you know it kind of it's interesting like the way the songs are arranged musically it kind of reminded me about jazz but specifically in when you're listening to like a jazz song a different musician will like jump in at a certain point of a song but it never feels like it's timed to like a specific point it's just like purely out of a sense of a feeling yeah are you totally. like a jazz fan um, yeah, I am, for sure. And I think with that song, because it was like this, just, it was so much longer also than it is now. Yeah, um, I can imagine. People were just like jamming. People were just like coming in and out and just like laying things down. And then, it, so it kind of was like that. You know, we take pieces yeah. of things that where people were like already like doing their own thing, lost in what they were doing. That's fucking um, sick, man. It's and that was the first time we ever made a song like that, too. So it was like really, yeah, it was a cool experience yeah it sounds like it felt really good yeah it felt great yeah Uh, the video also came out really great do you remember what it was like working on this one yeah um this one was really fun Sam Guest and Julia Bayless who I actually went to school with here in New York um were the ones who uh put it together and uh yeah it was great we we went um to the Hamptons at the studio LTV Studios had it for two days um had the set yeah, built built out the set, um, and it was cool. Like it was uh, the biggest thing we had ever done up to this point. Yeah. Um, I did. I've done three other videos with them as well, 
and it was cool. It was our first time shooting on film. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think what must have been amazing as well, being in a space like that for like two days, because I've been on, when I'm not doing this, I work on like film production, TV film production a lot. And what I love about that work environment is that the hours get lost and it's, it's like long days, but you feel so engaged within the work. Yeah, you feel really good. Yeah. Yeah, That's how I, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. With all the videos I've done so far, it gets to that point where it's like super late and you're super tired. But you feel like, yeah, it's all for some something, you know? It yeah. feels, like, really good. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love how I've been built. Uh, the flow of the track along with your wordplay has, like, this lustful playfulness to it. Um, and what I thought was really interesting is that it doesn't feel like it's, like, begging or it's yearning. It kind of feels a bit, like, earnest, like mm. the tone of it. Um, was this, like, a tricky song to nail down, like, the cadence of it? Um, the writing of it was actually really easy. I like made it um, really fast, did the chords, um, did like some basic drums and like sent it, sent it today and we were like, oh, this is like a really good bass to start from. And then we were trying to like nail down the vibe. We had like eight, eight different versions of the song. Yeah. Um, one that feels like a little more like, uh, like you're in a club, like in yeah. Europe or something. And then the <laughs> one's like, yeah, this one's like way more like beachier. Um, but like in terms of like the words and like the lyrics, that was like pretty easy. But getting the right vibe was a little trickier. What do you think it was that ultimately had you land on this vibe? Like was it kinda obvious when you arrived to it? Or? It just yeah, it just felt good. Um, it just felt really good. It was I think we both kinda knew once we like did it. We we're like, oh this is this is the one. But for live, who knows? We might switch it up. We might even go back to the old one. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, because you'll be doing shows soon. Have you started rehearsing? Yeah, we have. We just started rehearsing. Um, I think I'll actually be back in New York December 3rd. Yeah, at yeah, Elsewhere. Sure. I think it yeah, is, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would be sick. Yeah, yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah. Will that be your first... That would be like the first proper New York show, right? No, not my first proper New York show. But yeah. It'll be the my first run for this album. That's sick. Yeah, man. nice. Have you been to the Elsewhere space before? I did. I went to a slow tie show. Um, oh was, yeah it was sick oh fuck I wanted to go to that he's yeah. unbelievable <laughs> yeah he's yeah he's great Jesus um, so tell me this because I have a good idea from having experienced album but it's always fun getting to ask an artist this because you're going to be releasing an album soon and you've been living with these songs for so long what's a song off the album that you're really keen for people to hear G2G ah and why is that sir um, because I think it's just not what people expect think uh almost and we knew that in the moment it kind of felt like we were saying like fuck you like what people <laughs> expect you know and, it, and not to say like i uh yeah i have anything against like the people who really do like my music and like what i've been doing i still want them to like everything i do but i don't really yeah want to make things that you necessarily expect if that makes sense no it totally does make sense that song is a curse because listening to it on the album, right, it's it kind of interesting where it doesn't, it does stand out, but it doesn't feel disruptive. Like, it feels like it is part of the larger whole yeah. of the songs. And that's, yeah, that's, I think with the whole album, it was like, how can we make these things that sound very different sonically, but still feel like they're all a part of one thing? Do you know what's interesting was, like, when I heard the singles prior to the album... Like, they did sound like songs that were, like, I don't want to say meant to be singles, but songs that definitely play up as singles mm-hmm. in terms of tone. But then listening to the album as a whole, it's like, 
it's not really the type of album I could imagine listening on a piecemeal basis. It is something I feel like I have to listen to start to totally. That's why I'm so excited for it all to just be out. It's like one thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. God, like, was the sequencing, like, I know this, this is like really nerdy questions, but like, were the sequencing and the track listing like so obvious to you? Um, I wouldn't say obvious, but like, putting the sequencing songs and like figuring out how, how they like, piece together is like one of my favorite parts of is the, it the whole process yeah almost all musicians i talk to talk about how much they hate that i love it <laughs> i really love seeing like oh what's the best way it flows like what's the best build like in terms of sound and like yeah it wasn't necessarily easy but i really do like that process that's sick mm-hmm. um it's clear from the songs that i heard that you want people to feel like they entered like a different world and that's the vibe i got even when i discovered listening to the album um Obviously, you know, you want people to always, like, get their own interpretation of how they take in your work, but I would love to hear it from you. Like, how would you describe this world of Han, like, your album? I just, yeah, there's really not, I don't really have a great answer for this question. People have asked, yeah. but it's not, uh, like, people are like, oh, where, where are you going? And, like, where, what does it all mean? But for me, it was just, I just wanted it to feel like a journey from one point to one other point, wherever that is in, like, whoever's life that's listening to it. Um, and I know, yeah, you're like, oh, what does it mean specifically to me? But I don't really think I have, I have that answer. Well, you know what? You know, I, I can understand that. And that's always like a bit of a tricky one. But how about instead of that? Cause you know, at the start of this, we were talking about like imagery, how much imagery means to you. Mm. And you know, obviously this is purely on like your interpretation, how you experienced the album. But when you listen to your own album back, like when you had to master it, what were some of the images that came to your mind? Um, it was a lot of like. I guess retro future is like a word that we've used, like super clean, um, but feel dated, but it feels like it's from the future, you know? It's like, if you were in the 70s, what they think the future looks like. That album art work of yours kind of reminded me of like the old ads they would do for like Pan Am. Yeah. But that was kind of the vibe. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Speaking of that, like how'd that artwork come together? It's really sick. Um, Me and Harry Israelson were just uh, looking at a lot of different... um, references and just trying to find like what felt right for this what fit for this yeah and uh yeah that's what we landed on yeah the coloring is so sick on that one thank you yeah um you know another thing that struck me um when i like found out about you and i was doing all my research is that how you got to spend six weeks in japan yeah that's a place in the world i'm dying to go to i've never been and whenever i tell people how bad i want to go i always tell them it seems like a place that you couldn't be more far removed from like a place like here in New York or like the US. Um, I imagine like a trip like that just kind of changes your life a bit. Like what was it like for you to go? Oh, totally. It's, uh, it was the best. It was like the, the greatest experience. I've never recorded music in another country. So to be able to like go out there and book a studio for a couple weeks and like just be in Japan, just like experience it with like some of my best friends, it was, such a fun way to make music and I think it really like got us all like super like, just ready to go energized to like go in on the project yeah I imagine before you go on a trip like that you would have like some ideas or expectations of what it would be like how did that match up to your actual experience I've been once before I went oh. I, I went in 2016 um, I know. yeah right before I moved to LA so I kind of knew what I was getting into. We did go to this one um, island called Kumejima. It's a, a small island in Okinawa yeah. um, that I had never been to before. And that was really tight. Because when you think of like Japan, you think of Tokyo, you think of uh, 
super advanced tech um, and just like way ahead of America in most regards. Yeah. Um, but Kumejima was wild. It's like everybody had flip phones. <laughs> uh, nobody spoke English. Wow. It was just like the complete opposite of Tokyo. So to get both of those from the same country was really tight. That's really insane. And you got to go with friends of yours. That's so yeah, I got to go with some of my best friends. It was, yeah, couldn't ask for a better time. Yeah. I couldn't help but notice your hat with the Seoul, Seoul Korea Olympics. Yeah, yeah. That's so this cool. is a, I like performed in Korea right before Japan. I did a couple shows out there. Oh, and then right before, the day before my show, I was performing in the Olympic like stadium, the handball stadium. Not sure. Um, and we were just walking around, like looking. I think we were in Hongdae or something, looking for uh, just clothes. And we saw this, and I was like, oh, "I'm playing there tomorrow." I was like, "It's a sign. This is my favorite hat." <laughs> no, it's like this is my favorite hat. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what was that? I mean, that's one of those things that obviously, like, it's part of your career, like booking shows, playing them, and like you know, doing that well. That's like the job. But let's like take a seat back there. There was a show you booked in Korea, in South Korea, and people came. What was that like? Yeah, it's weird, man. It's just weird. Like, it's cool. It's really cool. And it takes time to, like, really be able to, like, reflect on it. Um, but, yeah, it's amazing, man. Like, I made these songs while I was, like, living on a couch. Like, a lot of people say that. But, like, I really was on a couch. And <laughs> now I was, like, in Korea. Like, that makes no sense. But it was, yeah, so tight. It's like when you think about what other job in the world does where that happens. Or... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If they, I don't know if there's another. Job. I mean, I'm sure there are, but yeah. yeah. Well, tell me this. Um, I have just a couple more questions for you. But when you look forward to like look towards like the album release date that's coming up, it's October 18th, I think. Yes, right? sir. Yeah. Uh, do you know what you have set for that day? Like where you'll be, what you'll be doing? Uh, I'm gonna be putting out a video that day. Oh, okay. Um, I don't really know what I'll be doing. That's a good question. I'm going to have to figure out what I'll be doing. Yeah. We'll see. We're <laughs> we'll looking see. at the team. Does the team have answers? Guys, do they know team. what they'll be doing? No, they don't get to say. I'm going to be relaxed. <laughs> I'm going to be relaxed. <laughs> you would be surprised. I don't know if you'd be surprised by this, but the handful of times I've asked uh, different acts this, and you, like I would say if there was a ratio, there's like a good 70% ratio of acts, it will be like, I'm just going to be off my phone. I'm gonna be disconnected from the world. Nah, I'm gonna have my phone. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I'll probably have my phone. Before uh, I let you go here, and thanks for taking the time to chat again. It's been really cool getting to talk to you. Of course. Um, I talked about, like, we've talked a lot about, like, how you could connect um, imagery to your music and how your music's very varied. Um, and what I really love about your music specifically, and I love this about music in general, it's able to do this, is, like, how it's not confined to one specific genre. Like, it's not one color it's not one tone it's varied and listening to the album today it's very clear how important that is too can you talk to me a bit about like why that is the case like why do you care about the music being so varied and like what does it mean to you to know that your music is the i think it's just based off of what i like like i like a lot of different types of music and I, that's like what i listen to that's like gen genuinely what i listen to so for me, it was kind of like a no-brainer that like I wanted to make things that reflected that, because um, I think that's how I always want to make anything. You know what I'm saying? I want it to come from like that real place. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I think the idea of genres is yeah a lot of people say, it, but it's played out, and I think it's becoming less and less important. Um, and for me, it was like I can do if I can create something that still feels cohesive, 
and have it sound different, like songs sound different, then I'm just, I'm going to do that. Yeah, because that's the trigger there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, man. We, we did it. I, you know, it's funny, knowing that you love film so much, because I'm quite a film nut, I kind of want to ask you, like, a bunch of questions about films, but I could, like, take hours. <laughs> but I guess I'll just ask one more. What was, like, the last film you watched? Do you remember? Um, the last film I watched, I watched, I guess it was Close Up by Abbas Kiyosami. Oh, yeah, how was it? It, it was awesome. Have yes. you seen that movie? No, I haven't. I it's actually don't. Me. What's the premise? It's it's a lot, but basically, <laughs> um, it's all based off of this like true story that happened. This guy um, impersonated uh, a filmmaker, a director. He was like on a bus one day. Someone saw him reading uh, the book. I think it's called a, Bic- a Bicyclist, um, which is also the film name. Yeah. And they were like, "Oh, you like that book?" He's like, "Yeah, I actually directed it." And then. She was like, oh my God, but he didn't really, but she brought him to the house. He met their family. He said he was going to use their house to like fit, like make a, make a film. He like told everybody he was going to make a film from the house, even though he wasn't the guy. So they're just like bringing him into their home and all this. And then somehow like the father of the family caught wind that this is probably not the guy. So then they called like, uh, the police and the publicist to like come in, like if it wasn't him, like arrest him, whatever. So then they did, they arrested him They They put out this crazy, like all over, like. Uh, the city it was like these newspaper articles that read like oh he's like an impersonator da 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 and then another filmmaker Alvis Kiarostami saw that news saw the newspaper article and he was like oh my god I gotta get this this guy <laughs> yeah. right now so he like found the guy in jail filmed him got was able to film like the court proceedings of the whole thing and then after he got out of uh, he was like fine they like got all of the real people who actually lived that, including the impersonator, the family, um, the policeman, everybody who actually was involved in the story. He got them to reenact it and be like actors within his movie, what doing exactly hell? what they did. And then it was it'd be cut in in between. It would cut to the courtroom where like the actual proceeding was happening. Um, and then he meets the filmmaker at the end, who like he was impersonating. It was crazy. It's like lightning in a bottle type film like you can't just do that yeah but it was really interesting it was sick well jesus christ i was gonna say the last <laughs> film i watched was book smart but that sounds well, way cooler <laughs> and i bloody liked book smart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> well you just gave a great fucking film recommendation to the world yeah, so yeah. nice Go watch that That's a, what's the film called again? close up close up okay yeah. nice one dude thanks so much for the time yeah, yeah. Trying to bag a song